Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the NXT 2.0 preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamper and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also Raw, <laughs> SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium bloody live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a Roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamflet and Sidgwick to look ahead to NXT 2.0 tonight. And the big question, Michael Hamflet, what's next for Gunther? Well, it's <laughs> the only question I feel equipped to answer on this podcast because it's another Tuesday and I've forgotten everything pretty much that happened on last week's. Your bullet points kind of clued me in and reminded me a little bit on where we were at with all the other storylines. But what else was there? coming out of last week's show, other than Gunther to talk about. Was this the first time, it's, it's always the first time since the last time with NXT, but the first time since probably War Games or Bron Breaker winning the title that anybody had anything to say about NXT? And it was just ridicule, jokes, disdain, even a bit of anger here and there. Nothing good. Absolutely nothing good coming out of a match that was bang average and a name change that within six months nobody will care about because nobody will care about the wrestler behind it anymore. I mean, I can't even remember anything else that happened on that show, legitimately. Like, I think now that we mention it, now I'm in the NXT 2.0 zone. I recall that Bron Breaker's feuding with Santos Escobar. Mm-hmm. Um, Dusty Cup stuff. Yeah, 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 that too. I just... NXT 2.0 exists in this bubble where I have to care about it during a scheduled time of the day. Like, none of this stuff makes a lasting impression with me at all. There's no imprint. There's no anticipation. There's no hype. There's no love. There's no passion. It's just something like, ha, 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 yeah. That's my legitimate reaction to NXT 2.0. And then you've got, like, people, like the WrestleVotes account on Twitter going, I know, internally, there's a lot of talk about the disappointment of um, NXT 2.0 and the ratings. Is it just too much too soon? No, it's just shit. <laughs> it's just absolute shit, and there's so much of it that none of it can stick. Sorry, Wilborn, I'm creating more work for you. No, it's fine. It's, it, the thing is, is like I do enjoy it, but it is very much like something I start thinking about, like you say, on a Tuesday afternoon, and conclude thinking about on a Wednesday lunchtime. It's like I used to in my old job, not this one, because I really like the rare social occasions I have with the absolute boys. Yes, <laughs> but like in your old jobs, you would go out with select people, and you think, ah. Oh, like them, <laughs> but I like some of the people, yeah. and the other people can simply be there. And I'm looking forward to a drink on that basis. So I would never go back and say, oh, I must ring up such and such to go for a pint. Does it? No, I have to do it because it's the fun part of working there, and I'd rather do that than out. And I'd rather like 
do actually two point oh than an NWA power <laughs> review. You know mm. what I mean? There's around a twenty two to twenty four hour period in the whole week where you think of any of the names of the wrestlers on this show. Yes. And it starts around now and it ends around tomorrow when we've completed the review. <laughs> and it, Every now and then. And what's so um, jarring and disarming and otherwise quite fun as a result. Come Tuesday. Is when you get <laughs> when you get a calm Friday when Von Wagner suddenly appears as security for um, Postman Pierce. Or as you played out to the office earlier on, because this is an NXT story. We didn't need to cover it on Raw because it was a dot-com exclusive. When LA Knight randomly shows up talking with the dirty dogs. Yeah. 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 It's not really a good uh, omen for him, is it? Well, not really. There's been a bit of this lately, hasn't it? Roddy Strong did main event or did some dark matches or something like that. They're mm. just clearing out the last few of the ones they don't really like. <laughs> get them out of their way. Fuck it off. It's just, yeah, other than that, which, like, Grace Muller and Raw, I guess, where it's weird that these people come into your life on the days when you don't permit them to. It's, I don't know, it's a, it's... Island of Misfit Toys was how um, Mick Foley described ECW. That has become increasingly fitting to describe NXT 2.0. On that basis, sorry, just before we move on, it's probably, on that basis, unfair to... I used to have a go with Indy Hartwell. Oh, where, where? I'm missing Dexter Loomis, or I'm so enchanted by his huge cack. That con- full name. Constant Dexter Gaylord Loomis. Yeah. I'm so enchanted by his huge cack that I can't concentrate on the match, right? Theoretically, he could have been raw dogging her six days of the week, all day <laughs> long, and she could have been quite satisfied before she goes to work. A little bit worn out in the matches, maybe the selling has to be a little bit more. She could have been absolutely bouncing all hour for like six days straight. But if we don't think of them at all during those six days, maybe we can't criticize them for just mm. getting together at work, and that's when it all starts. That's when it all happens, yeah. Don't get too carried away. We're not going to have our games section right now, but we do have a game on SmackDown when I ask who or what is next for someone. Mm-hmm. So tell me when to stop. Oh, right now. What uh, actually next is for Gunther? I don't, this is the point. I don't know. Like, I assume he goes on a bit of a tear and you eventually get to him versus Bron Breaker, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, that, that match would rule. Mm. Like, Gunther versus Bron Breaker, and I bet you any money it'll go like three and three quarter stars generously. And it is really good, and it's an achievement given the backdrop and Breaker's level of experience. And it's still like a full star short of his best matches. Then he gets some absolute co-opted dickheads going, ah, see, you're raving about Gunther now, aren't you? It's like, it could still be better, dickhead. <laughs> you know be good? I've just looked at, looked at this thing. I've gone to feud with Dexter Loomis and then actually- No, why? Him, no, because then he actually hits him so hard he shows he shows expression <laughs> because he's just like, oh, just a oh, serial killer. He doesn't really show much. Chops him so hard. Well, now you've willed it into existence. He's going to chop him, and he's going to know sellers, and that's going to be like a side gag. Right. I kind of want to see that. Imagine him having to fight against himself to protect his character. Uh, tell me how to stop. Stop. Oh, yeah. Pick a number between uh, one and four. Two. Well, you've got two options. I'll go with the latter one, because the other one is currently heavily pregnant. Okay. <laughs> I'll go with the le- level below, the one I was looking at. Dante Chen, not a great week for him, really. Two <laughs> bloody Hudson comes and kicks the crap out of him last week after using this big, heroic, built-up return, and now, yeah. I mean, we are facetious as hell about this product because that's all it invites, but theoretically, under the early, and to this day, AEW model, you could, en route to Gunther, about to kill Bron Breaker, 
he could beat your lower run guys in like hilarious cruel squash matches and then he goes further and further and closer and closer to Bron Breaker. He could actually give some of the actual babyface prospects something before he kills them and that's how you can get people over in defeat. Like you could use Gunther for good mm. but they're not really good at booking. I so. got an ideal. Um, I know his beard's been dyed because of working on the main roster but like Walter and Champa was unreal. Like there's a sort of heat him up babyface yeah. that has already like, done as much as you can do on NXT. You can take as many losses as you need to from him. And he's not yet been fired like so many of the other ones that would have previously gone to. Depending on if and when Champa ends up on um, Raw or SmackDown, maybe through the Rumble or something like that, that's a TV match, isn't it? Just advertise it. You're not going to get a number. Nobody watches anything anymore. But, like, for us reviewing it or for people that maybe want to slice something half decent on 2.0, Champa's, yeah. Champa's the one. Uh, we also got Dusty Cup matches continuing this week, as I mentioned earlier. Let's start. Oh, they, they, both, they both seem relatively straightforward. Last week we said there could be an upset, and there, there was an upset, of course, Sige. But MSK versus Jacket Time and the grizzled young veterans versus Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward both seem like victories for the two former finalists. Yeah, absolutely. Um, MSK versus Jacket Time, in theory, is like a really good match. Yeah. Like Kushida, oh, like doing stuff with Wesley in a competent promotion is <laughs> the kind of stuff people will get hyped for. Um, given the particular characterization of Jacket Time, that's a goddamn euphemism and a half. I expect this to like go into comedy stuff. Um, yeah, it should be good. So I just think I could possibly say about this product at present. Uh, and yeah, MSK, sorry, Grizzly Young Veterans versus Andre Chase and who? Bodie Hayward, he's the student that Von uh, Wagner, who could cost them a match, I suppose, uh, beat the crap out of the other week. Yeah. So you're telling me Grizzle's Young Veterans might be getting the win? Like, <sighs> Grizzle's Young Veterans is your new Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Dread it. <laughs> what do you reckon? Did the um, Grizzle Young Vets steal enough money to buy Von Wagner out of trouble? And is this a bit of LTST? And then he sort of has already got this outstanding thing with Andre Chase's student, and then that's how they all come together, and is that your finish for that? They're not terrible at LTST. Well, here's the thing. They are. Yeah. By the standards of LTST. But they actually do it. They do bits, don't they? <laughs> yeah, do I don't bits. think that's worthy of praise, as I continue to insist, as I slowly shrink and transform into a corn cob. <laughs> but... The idea of them simply telling stories that span weeks and have a beginning, middle, and end, the end of which you sometimes can't tell that's coming. It's mm. like it's like people praising the worst M. Night Shyamalan movies. Huh? Twisted the sea coming in that story. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was absolutely bobbins. Yeah. You couldn't take it seriously. It was the trees. <laughs> but then, doesn't that mean that the last scene, it was the wind? It was the buff. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't do it. It doesn't mean it's necessarily good. But I do not hate that. The other one. Um, I've got less hope for the match, in truth. I know Sajid didn't exactly espouse loads, <laughs> but I'm really it worried. It might be all right with Kushida versus... Uh, I'm really worried about the racist, like, turn-of-the-century stoner comedy this match might become. Oh, God, I yeah. just, I just think this could go every kind of wrong. And it's so disappointing because, like, I'm not I'm not at the point with NXT 2.0 where I'm sitting here pearl-clutching going, just let the wrestlers wrestle. I know what I'm buying into here. But these are the... Kushida specifically feels once like the guy that could wrestle around all that nonsense. He sort of did it in full Back to the Future gear in the 
black and gold brand CW. Like, awful time. And he was sort of making it work at points. I don't think this is going to go quite as well. Should have some real pop moments in. The uh, the NXT 2.0 Dome crowd, now that two specific people have been kicked out, will be quite kind to MSK. Um, so, yeah, I'd like this will be three and a half instead of four and a half, and that's the biggest shame. Uh, one match that will be five stars, at least in my book, is the effective number one contenders match for Carmelo Hayes and his North American Championship tonight. Michael Hamlet. It is... Cameron Ground, baby! Versus Tony D'Angelo. Huh? How you doing? I mean, with all due respect, well done. That's why I'd read Sidgwick's book rather than yours, because this is going to be two and a half at a push. I love Cameron Grimes, obviously. Um, we all do. Not as much as you, but we all love Cameron Grimes. Uh, Tony D'Angelo can't go. <laughs> like, this is becoming a big, big problem, I think, because as much as we all love the character and as much as NXT uh, clearly love the character... Um, Pete on matches when now to write home about his working war games was like minimized for the you know for the benefit of the character, but he's as green as everybody else. He's as green as the grass. He buries bodies six foot under in his day job. You know, and it's just a shame that that's how this program goes now. That's how this show goes. You can't have like guaranteed bangers every week when there's only about six decent wrestlers and the ones that you're pushing are not the six decent wrestlers. Yeah. Can it go that way? Cameron Grimes will do his best, Tony Angelo will do their best. This is going to be bang average, and I think we'll undermine both causes at once. Who's your money on? Uh, Grimes. Yes. Got a slight uh, tinge of anxiety because considering it's a little bit uh, fatalistic as a Tony D'Angelo character because he looks like he's going to off off the people he faces. He's got a bit of a tendency to dump them right in their goddamn heads. <laughs> unless he's got a crowbar in his hand. Yeah, he's got no. a foot of space. Yeah. So Cameron Grimes is no like, stranger to getting himself up and putting himself on his head. I mean, the guy was a star in PWG. Maybe if he gets a little bit eager and Tony D'Angelo continues to be goddamn green, then it's a little bit dangerous, the prospect of this one. Um, can't, see it being, can't see it being particularly great, nor even memorable or good. I'm sorry, Wellborn. You're going to be emotionally invested in the extreme. I'm going to say it's brilliant regardless. Are you going to stay up for it? Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. But I have got one prediction for it. Uh, this is not my Tony D'Angelo predictor. That's coming. Uh, but I picked Twitch it last week. Uh, Cameron Grimes wins via the cave in. Tony D'Angelo's hat stays where it is. Good. I love this. Yeah. It's his usual cartoon thing. dropping like, uh, I don't know, Daffy Duck walking off a mountain or whatever it was. Yeah, again, defying science for one of your predictions to come off. Not mine, not mine, not mine. I'm just asking Not questions. my problem. I'm just asking questions here, mate. If they, like, <laughs> didn't... If it wasn't, so, if they didn't say the quiet part loud about what NXT is, and by that I mean by zooming headfirst into Mandy Rose's tits whenever <laughs> she makes that entrance. Oh yeah, we bowed and bowed, <laughs> knockers. <laughs> if it wasn't so obvious that they are saying the quiet part loud, pubes. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll talk about Ollie J performing in a minute. Why do you think about that just now? Because. That's the quiet part loud. Indeed. What you've got here is a match where Cameron Grimes has beaten... Um, have you beaten that poker thing? Uh, you bloody Hansen. Yeah, so he's coming off a mid-card win, which would, which culminated at the TakeOver, not TakeOver show, am I right? Mm -hmm. So he's coming into this on a big win into a mid-card title match. 
Tony D'Angelo was just beating Beatty Poppins. Mm-hmm. So, like, theoretically, if you were able to emotionally invest, you'd think, this is kind of a pick em. I don't know who's going to win. They've both been booked strongly. There are stakes involved between two characters who've had, like, ostensible storyline credibility. I should care about this way more than I do, but I don't. Because it's NXT 2.0 and I know exactly what it wants to be and what it pretends to be too often. Win for Grimes. I don't think you're right, Pete Dunn, off this thing for nothing. Ooh. And if nothing else, they like a heel versus heel program for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Tony D is going to get the dub. Well, we'll revisit this mm-hmm. later because we've got the Tony D'Angelo predictor, of course. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. But we have to talk about, I mean, it's I've left this quite late in my notes for my sins. Three champions from this show are in my, are in a match. Uh, toxic attraction against these this team of new allies as they're being described by WWE.com. Indy Hartwell, Persia Parotta, and Kaylee Ray. The six woman match tonight. It's, it, 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 I presume this is setting. I, I would assume setting up future title matches. So there's only really one team that can emerge victorious. Because you look at one side, you've got a tag team and a really great women's wrestler, and then on the other side, you've got the female tag team champion, Sige, and the NXT women's champion. Of course, I mean, all you can foresee is WWE style booking that has got a, gotten itself into a right old silly lot of bother <laughs> in terms of popularity and interest and. An inability to take it seriously or care. And the champions are going to get pinned. And uh, Mandy Rose go, honey. <laughs> it's just like saying, honey. 
you might have got away with it once, but on the big stage, the, the <laughs> <laughs> I can't even complete. What's that idea? Dying in front of your eyes. Honey, honey, don't get it twisted. <laughs> My daddy's hot, man. <laughs> I miss Tiffany Strauss, man. Yeah, me too. I miss your voice. Uh, I think. I think. Maybe Mandy I don't Rose. Know, we used to be doing it at the office all day. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Mandy Rose has. Maybe uh, I mentioned earlier. Maybe Ollie J gets involved with this. <laughs> you're desperate to talk about why? Why are you desperate? We want to talk about Ollie J. What's your favorite track? <laughs> it's by Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have Cameron to go voice. With, not what she's What's your favorite song? <laughs> it's not what. It's not what she's performing tonight. But I'm gonna have to go with posing. You did these bloody research. Are you a big fan? Yeah. Are you a member of the Ali J community? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's an opportunity here for either Mandy Rose to, you know, have a little bit of a neg backstage or Tiffany Stratton being like, my dear, so I could be a singer if I wanted to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, I could actually see something like that. Like, in all seriousness, the old poppy thing used to be because it was really cool for Io Shirai, right? An awesome part of the presentation when she would arrive in NXT. She felt part of the roster rather than, like, do this. Imagine Vince seeing Poppy. What's this? Oh, close her. Close her. Can show down. <laughs> Suck my son. Um, <laughs> yeah, make a, that, like, Tiffany Stratton thing, in all seriousness. Yeah, integrate it with some of the characters. I don't know who, but just integrate it. Make her more than just... Stands on, because, like, why? You kind of have to anyway, because why would a singer want to muddy their shoes on NXT 2.0? It's one thing to get, like, a WrestleMania spot, isn't it? You can sort of see that. Like, oh, yeah, that's a great opportunity. Thousands of people in the, in the venue, loads of people watching. Who the frig's going to see you? It's not even good PR <laughs> for Ollie J's team. In the time-honored tradition of WWE, where it's, like, almost invariably, the person who enters the ring to the backdrop of a live band performance, loses the match. The idea being, yeah, yeah, the loss, but God, someone's someone in the ring. Still a star. Ah. So maybe she'll do the do some kind of Toxic Attraction remix, live performance, ahead of their match. They do the WWE thing where you set up the matches by beating the champions because you cannot book. But it's like, hey, look, Holy J. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, it's a relatively straightforward Trio's victory, really, isn't it? Yeah, I'll call it. I think uh, Kaylee Ray pins Mandy Rose yeah. um, tonight for that match. And yeah, Indy Hartwell and Persia Proctor. This is, I think. Really or they could advance that storyline because Dexter Loomis's cock is on a mind. Well, this, to Cedric's point, an early one, not that one specifically, but yeah, a bit that one specifically. They were They'd be telling that story. The whole point was that, like, ultimately, Indy can't really concentrate, and there's other things going on. And Persia Proctor was looking like she was about to batter her, and then they were still yeah. winning just enough. So this is for that, isn't it? They, the six, uh, the baby faces win this. You have two title matches as a result. Kelly Ray and Manny Rose is a different issue, but the tag match is where Indy Hartwell can't get ahead in the game because she's got game with the head, and then that's how the team split. I like it. Yeah. I'm suddenly really intrigued by this match. Is because Ollie J is going to do the song for it? Maybe. And I know one match that Michael Sidgwick, before we get to the games, is going to be very interested in, and that is the no something, DQ. Something on Wednesday night? <laughs> <laughs> no DQ, falls count anywhere match. Boa, Sikoa, 
it finally goes down with the spookiness and the fire and all that bollocks. I can't wait for this. Is there going to be some kind of mid-match transformation? Yeah. Or, yeah, I hope so. There was last time, wasn't there? That was that was after a DQ. I'll be upset if Boa comes out in full gimmick before the match. I want it to be. St- I want it to be dumber than this. Like I want Boa to come out. I don't know how to use his bloody powers. He's got the best of me. So he decides to just be Boa, and then the more violence happens to him, like a mid-match face paint. Like you could in theory. Pre-record some of it. I was going to say you, th- you could in theory. You're, no DQ, falls can anywhere. Um, they brawl backstage. Cut to pre-taped bit where they go brawling all over at shop. And then whilst that's happening, IRL, uh, Bo is getting his face done. So you can brawl back out into the arena and then finish the match in the ring if need be. Yeah. Yeah. I want it, like, the stupider the better. I can't possibly take this seriously as a plunder brawl. I'm not emotionally invested in the food. It's ridiculous. Like, normal world-breaking stuff is happening it's it just make it stupid. They fly out into the car park. They're on what appears to be some ginormous green structure. Turns out it's the bin from last year. They fight into the bin, and in a payoff, which we've all been waiting for, yeah. it turns out that the demonized Boa was the bin monster all along. But Boa didn't know her. <laughs> so otherwise, he would have revealed it. He would have told us. He would have said, I'm interfering in this tag team title match. I don't like the Viking Raiders and Street Profits. But now we're seeing it happen. Transfer, he was the bin monster all along. That's his, that's his demon. That's his monster. Because he only does it when, like, it didn't happen because he got tossed behind some crates. He's like, oh, perfect time to get changed. <laughs> into my demon stuff. <laughs> is this, so is this the spirit of a thousand-year-old dragon? Is that what we are? Yeah, transferred the gimmick. Symbolic. <laughs> she, she left Wendy Chi's body, and that's why Wendy Chi's so tired. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Actually, speaking of this, I feel like we are slowly, slowly but surely getting to the games part because that match actually factors into my "Where's Wendy?" for this week. Mine as well. Let's uh, go. Because I don't know. Uh, to be fair, I've not actually said where Wendy is in this, but I do think no DQ, Force County, where they're brawling all over NXT, basically. And uh, they're going to fight, like I say, and, and do all the mad spooky bollocks that they can. And what was it last week, wasn't it, that Boa suddenly spit fire at Solo? No, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then Solo Sakura had the crusty face, um, which is more selling than Randy Orton did, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. For the feet yeah, stoppage. So. Horrifically burnt face back next week, fine. Um, so... I think we're going to get another spot where he attempts to spit fire in uh, Solo Sokoa's face, but he's wise to it now. He gets out of the way, and I think the blanket that Wendy is asleep on or underneath or whatever catches fire, and someone has to go and wake her up because otherwise she's going to burn, basically. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so Good. She's going to factor into yours as well. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking she would burn alive so she couldn't make it to the Rumble. That was pretty much the same. No, mine was, in tr- it, like, sort of, like, I don't know, intrinsic NXT 2.0 way, the Force Count Anywhere match ends up back in the ring. So the Force Count Anywhere thing only exists to make Boa his demon self, and then yeah, they yeah, fight yeah. the about the ring, because you've only got, like, 200 people in there as it is. You might as well give them the finish rather than something happening on a screen backstage. And in a repeat of a spot that they only did once, and I genuinely loved it. Like It, je- it almost makes you nostalgic for the R-Truth 24-7 run. They go under the table, uh, under the ring to pull out a table, 
and Wendy Chu's just asleep on the one they pull out from under the ring. Very nice. Because she's finally found the perfect spot because, like, nobody can bump on NXT 2.0. So there's never any noise. Nothing ever wakes her up. <laughs> like, those matches are safe as houses. She's not going to get woken up by a fucking Cora Jade match, is she? So she thinks she's found the perfect spot and then, oh, pulls her out and she's asleep on the table. And they can't use the table. Michael Sidgwick, where's Wendy? Well, WWE house company has, like, a pretty storied career. Uh, career, like legacy mm-hmm. in recent years where they will botch it. Just did. So emphatically that they kind of have to acknowledge how bad it was on TV is a kind of like a, a reassurance to the viewer that right, it's not going to be as bad as that. Like we, It was unavoidably bad, irredeemably bad, so much so that we're going to have to like just tell you, look, it's not going to reach those depths again. I'm sorry. But like... They usually like blame a fictional character for coming up with it. Like <laughs> Constable Corbin, I'm thinking Constable of. Yeah. Corbin. So um infamously the Alexa Bliss Bailey, this is your life segment was so bad. Oh god. That Kurt Angle all but said to Alexa Bliss, you bloody daft cow, what did, what did you do that for? Tanking <laughs> the show. You tanked what did you do? That was rubbish. And like poor Alexa Bliss, who couldn't perform it well because the script was so bad, took the heat. Similarly, the McMahons actually said in December 2018, we haven't been doing a very good job for you lately. So I think that's because of this guy. <laughs> and it was Baron Corbin, and then like there's a symbolic like end to the chapter of WWE being terrible in 2018. They did admit culpability, but symbolically, like, all right, we're getting rid of Corbin. He's got a main event next week in a 20-minute gimmick match. <laughs> <laughs> and he's then going to headline a pay-per-view the next year, but, you know, we are getting rid of him. Where's Wendy this week? We're going to see... The back of a computer monitor with a little bit of a glow with a nice, like, gamer chair. Mm. Like, please never touch it. Like, a nice gamer chair, right? Uh-huh. And you're going to see, like, the uh, the face mask, the whole bit. And you're going to see Wendy Chu, like, slumped over, like, a hand on a keyboard and just asleep in the gamer chair. The camera is going to pan around to Google and it's going to say, Gunthurst. Because she was the one tasked with ensuring <laughs> there was no problematic connection between their recent <laughs> file trademark and a Nazi. And stupid cow Wendy Chu, why didn't you fall, why did you fall asleep when you were Googling it? That's a their fault. They've, been, they've hired somebody who is only known for literally sleeping on the job. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's how they're going to get away with that Ferrara. Fantastic. Uh, should we do Zeitgeist Heist next? Yeah. What, what's the uh, topical reference they're going to crowbar into this week's show? Well, Joe Biden's been in the news. You've seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Sidgwick's been Biden his time. <laughs> so Joe Biden's been in the news. Um, apparently, he's had a bit of a wobbler when he's been caught on camera on a hot mic telling some journalist that he's an idiot or something like that. So I hope it's not Kyle Felcher of CNN News because oh, I no. think his work is of the highest prestige and honor yeah. and order. Yeah, I mean, his uh, reputation in the game is absolutely unimpeachable. Yeah. Unlike the goddamn president. Also, Kyle Felcher's uh, all elite, so we don't need to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, the right have decided... <laughs> the right, yeah. The right have decided, like, despite the last four or five years of their guy, just being a big, massive baby. Ah, Temper Tantrum Joe has been trending, apparently, on Twitter, according to uh, according to my Google page when it comes up with trending topics. 
Temper tantrum joke. Can't you just keep in control of your emotions? So, because it's like a Trojan horse for Bruce Pritchard's beliefs. Yeah. What's in there? Good or bad? They're yeah. just beliefs. They're just beliefs. I think Joe Gacy's going to like Ooh. have a little quiet word with Harland and say, look, you know, you, you went a bit overboard last week. I'm trying to, th- I made this a safe space. I mean, <laughs> you don't see old Joe having a temper tantrum now, do you? Good. Very good. Really good. Like that. I've sort of stolen from your playbook here, Hamlet, because okay. Hamlet got it last week, as, as you told us earlier, Sid, in the office. Uh, there was a Wordle reference by my best friend, Wade Barrett, a.k.a. Stu Bennett. Um, so I think it's going to be a commentary line from from probably Stu or Wade. I, I could probably just text him. And <laughs> it's not Damien Priest. Uh, right. <laughs> um, they both say boom. Stu <laughs> says, hello, Adam. Wade says, boom. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you seen this in the news? Uh, you heard about this? <laughs> Unwind with Tasha K. You know that, the, the show. You've heard about this, you seen this? I don't know a single one of those words. No, uh, 36 entire. She is being sued, or has been sued, and is going to have to pay a million dollars in damages to... Uh, seen, heard about Card- Cardi B? Yeah, heard about this? Seen this? Uh, she's going to pay a million dollars <laughs> in defamation damages to Cardi B. So I think he's going to say, Hey! I don't say anything better about this because I don't want to get in trouble. Like, checks notes. I'm wine with Tasha K. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a shot. It's on the dark. I want to go with it. Go with that. Not bad. Two for two. Can you get two weeks in a row? Oh, uh, I, I might have a fighting chance. It's not as good as Sidgwick's. I think that's the one. That felt right as soon as you were saying it. So I went on Twitter's trends. Uh, and, you know, we have a bit of fun with this, but I like to try and keep it realistic. And the only thing I could see trending was Ronda Rousey, and there's absolutely nothing where she's doing NXT 2.0 in a billion, <laughs> trillion years. So instead, I had to think a little bit outside the box. And I thought, well, like, guys, like, what's always on people's minds? What's always in their pockets? Their iPhones. And what's always in your goddamn iPhones? The date in the calendar. Today is Burns Night. Ooh. So if somebody's not getting set on fire from your pitch earlier on, all the Kelly Ray's teams wearing kilts or some shit. I don't know. Scottish stuff. <laughs> Something else has been in the news recently. Have you seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> have you... Uh, I don't want to get Jim Ross. Uh, have you seen Blade Runner 2049? I haven't seen it, no. no. Yeah. You ever seen any of the motion pictures starring an actress called Anna de... Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Yep. Oh, I've seen some of hers. <laughs> <laughs> She's a very attractive young woman. Right. Okay. She's in a Bond, latest Bond film, isn't she? She's a very attractive woman. And someone, or I think two gentlemen, mm-hmm. find her so attractive, in fact, that when she was cut from, I believe the film was yesterday, mm-hmm. mm. she was still featured in the trailer in a bid to sell it. And two absolute knackers have decided to sue the picture company for... Uh, I was promised Anna de Armas. <laughs> I was promised Anna de Armas. So if you permit me, I've got a second pitch for Zeitgeist Heist. Have you seen how much they're suing for, by the way? It's like $5 million. Yeah, like, you put, how much do you pay for two cinema? I know cinema tickets are extortionate now. Yeah. I think it was just, like, hired off Amazon Prime or something. <laughs> <laughs> 3000000 pounds. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But considering the whole selling point of NXT 2.0, as imagined by Vincent Bruce, is tits. <laughs> Mandy Rose is probably going to say something to the effect of, oh, honey, don't worry. You don't have to sue us like you sued Anna de Armas or Universal Pictures or whoever. You're going to see all of Mandy on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish up. I'm going to be here 
all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish with the Tony D'Angelo predictor. Well, um, I've been really struggling with this because yeah, uh, it's not so much our gimmick as it is his gimmick that feels like it's run out of juice a little bit. But you gave me a flash of inspiration with your like physics bending finish because I don't think Tony D'Angelo's hat can stay on with a cave in. But I think a hat that he might steal could stay on his head. It's big enough. How are you doing? We've had the old uh, Kushida. The old, <laughs> I got, my uncle Kushida taught me a couple of tricks. <laughs> I, I goddamn got that in the book as well. So it was a frivolous, irrelevant thing, ultimately, about the Wednesday Night War. But I was, I'm putting the back. <laughs> they did a hat theft storyline. Kushida with Kushida. Yeah, a bit of, uh, bit of LTST. Love that. A throwback and a hat that is big enough. So he turns around at the corner where Cameron Grimes' hat is, and he says, rubbing his hands together, place it on his head, turns around, cave in. Perfect. Any, what's your predictor? Well, I'm, I'm going to the well of the Sopranos once again. <laughs> All right. Um, there's, a, there's a thought process here. Like, too much bloody thought, <laughs> <laughs> considering <laughs> what they're putting into the uh, Tony D'Angelo persona mm-hmm. right now. Persona. persona sounds like one of his relatives. <laughs> it's my cousin Persona. Persona non grata. <laughs> so it's got a few uh, links in my head here. One, um, Cameron Grimes has made money from crypto, was it? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, that's informed the gimmick that is eventually now shelved kind of to pursue gold. So uh, Tony D'Angelo's going to talk about, like, in a pre-tape before the match, about how his stock is going down, Right. So in addition, there's two things I immediately identify with the Tony D'Angelo character. One is Sopranos references. Yes. Two is stuff that I don't really understand what he's saying. I don't understand <laughs> what he's saying sometimes. There's times when I've, I'm doing it online and the office and I go, boy, what's he saying? <laughs> so I just don't get it. There's a scene, right, that ties these two things together in I believe season two of The Sopranos when uh, Moltisanti's got this, like, stockbroker's because he needs to put his name on stuff that's legit. So, like, why well, have you got all this money? Oh, it's from the stockbrokers and not from, like, the illegal gambling mm-hmm. rings and all yeah. the rest of it. So in order to make money, because he fiddles the system or whatever, or, like, the whole, like, crew does, they get two, like, rock-hard, bonehead, young, like, aspirational gangsters to, like, run the operation when Maltesanti's doing his, like, his actual job. And they want to push a certain stock and for like eight years, I didn't know what it's called because I didn't understand what they're saying. Turns out it's Webistics. Okay. Like a, a blend of web, like as an in internet and logistics. But like, because of the way they said it, that Webistics. <laughs> webistics, Webistics. I was like, what the hell's Webistics? So I think he's going to say something like, in a deep cut Sopranos reference, is, you know, you're wasting all that goddamn money on Webistics. <laughs> I, told you, I told you not to push Webistics. I love yeah, it. But I'm not going to understand what he's saying. It's very, it's quite close to well, my prediction for the Donny D'Angelo predictor. Uh, because I, I told you to push Wobbistics. I, uh, I also. Stop this goddamn NFTs. Well, well, you mentioned NFTs. So I was going down the similar similar vein uh, of a maybe pre match promo with Tony. You get Cameron talking about how he's going to win it and take the uh, North American Championship to the moon. Uh, and, uh, to where? To the moon. I'm like blowing off his own catchphrase. This is Tony time, <laughs> right? And uh, they're gonna ask Tony uh, anything you wanna you wanna say to to Cameron before the big match. And he's gonna say, uh, yeah. <laughs> he say uh, Cameron Grimes. Uh, okay, 
I know, I know a lot about you, okay? I, I know you like your money. Uh, you got your, you got your bitcoins, huh? You got your, uh, your blockchains. <laughs> you got your goddamn NFTs, huh? Well, let me tell you something, okay? Tonight, Cameron Grimes, NFT stands for nice fucking try. <laughs> you think you can even touch Tony D'Angelo? You think you can beat me? You can forget about it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's my prediction. It's a long shot. It's a long <laughs> shot. Buddy. Tell me this chance. Uh, let's know your thoughts ahead of uh, next D2 play oh, tonight on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, I can't wait for the bad faith actors. Oh, yeah, but when Moxley does it, it's funny and emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at what culture WWE on Twitter? Well, actually, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, our raw review is available right now, and our review of this show will be out tomorrow. But for now, this has been the NXT 2.0 preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.